following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What is going on, everybody? It is officially football season. I'm Micah Warren. I've got my buddy with me, uh, Jason Ashworth, and I'm pretty fired up about football. I mean, I know this is not technically correct. But the preseason's over, so technically the season started, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess so. it's about as close as you can get to saying the season's starting, right? You can follow on preseason, so fair enough. <laughs> and now we got uh, we got our buddy G. Cobbs with us. What's happening, G? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited for football. I'm so excited for football. I, I feel bad that, you know, baseball, all these pennant races and everything. And if you guys want to talk baseball, we can talk some baseball. Uh, I'm just pretty amped up for football season. Uh, I guess you guys, guys, uh, you know, we'll get into the Eagles game from last night. I mean, I don't know about you guys, that was that was tough to get through. Um, you know, you start getting into the second half of these of these fourth preseason games, and it is painful. I mean, I don't even know who these guys are. And uh, so, I mean, you watch the game last night. You see a little bit of Vic. You see a little bit of. Not much else. I mean, what, what else? Was there anything else you guys were watching in particular? I mean, did you, did you guys see anything of, of note one way or the other? I think ultimately when the season starts, it, you know, there really wasn't much of consequence that happened last night, you know, because you got a lot of guys playing for backup roles and trying to get on the roster and stuff. Um, I think, you know, of course, uh, seeing Vic in there uh, was, uh, I think, was important. Because, you know, he's going to play, and then Kevin Cobb keeps playing like he did against the Chiefs. You know, we could have a bad situation here, and, you know, and they might, you know, I, 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 you know, they would they would do anything to not want that to happen. But if it got real ugly, then, you know, they, they would, uh, you know, they'd have to do something, you know. Well, and, and remember, when you look at the offense as Cobb runs it, when Vic comes in, it's a completely different offense. The good news, yeah, is- and, and they're gonna call different plays. He'll he'll be rolling out a lot. Um, he he would change and be doing some of the things that McNabb was doing, which is he's gonna try to look downfield. And I think if you got Deshaun in there and and Macklin and with um, with uh, Vic's arm, you know they're gonna go into a game and they, they would look and say, okay. Who can we get deep on? And if there's somebody they can get deep on, and there's a way they can get deep, they know they get deep. That's six, and then that's going to open up everything else. So they would be doing some things similar to what they were doing with with McNabb, because I, I see some major problems developing with the Eagles' offense, man. <laughs> Gee, it's I, I really do. I mean, uh, well, you know, one thing is okay. They're going to run the West Coast and. Coast and all the short patterns. 
you were an offense and you look at their preseason games, the first thing I'm thinking is I'm beating this team up. I've seen Deshaun get hit and he can't get up, okay? I've seen Macklin get hit and he can't get up. I've seen where Kevin Cobb can't even drop in the pocket where he gets fidgety and he's running out of there before the play even gets a chance. Yeah. And I know that these guys don't want to get hit. So guess what I'm going to do? <laughs> so from that standpoint, you know, people are going to try to beat the Eagles up. And yeah, I, I, I mean, wonder if they, can, uh, if they can handle the heat because Kevin throws the short passing game, but can their receivers, can they play that type of game? And I don't think the two go together. No, I mean, and, and this could be a huge setback year for Andy Reid. Uh, if you think about it, if for some reason they have to go to Vic, you're kind of admitting you made a mistake on Cobb. Oh, boy. I mean, believe me, and they would go through all kind of things not to do that. But I tell you, if you just saw the practice after, I think it was last Sunday, and Kevin Cobb was out there throwing the ball all over the place. I mean. In a good way? In a bad way. I mean. Oh. The thing is, is if you look at that last game, has he gotten better during training camp, during this preseason, or has he gotten worse? He's regressed. Is his last game his worst game or his best game? I, look, I agree. I mean, but the whole offense, I mean, did you see Kafka last night? I mean, he's of much less consequence, obviously. Yeah, well, he I mean, Kafka's a rookie. I mean, Kafka's not going to play. No, he's Kafka's, not. I mean, but Kafka's irrelevant. But that game against the – the sorry Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. You got guys that the Eagles cut. They got Studebaker out there. Who, <laughs> come on. He's actually not bad, G. He's actually not that bad. Hey, listen. Listen. <laughs> listen. If they can't keep Studebaker off of their quarterback, what kind of, what kind of trouble are they in? They're, they're in big time trouble. Jay, are you I mean, worried yet? You know, I understand this. I'm not saying that it's all doom and stuff. I'm just saying the possibility is there. And if somebody could, you know, like uh, you definitely could see, you know, things with Vic when he had a bad game. But if you realize how atrocious that game was that Kevin Cobb played, Kevin Cobb was not recognizing the blitz. No. I mean, simple blitzes. He was not recognizing the he, he almost threw four interceptions. Come on. He, but you, you I mean, guys just locked the ball, and that was against the Chiefs. I understand, but his line is, is that bad. They, like you said, he doesn't Come on, wait, 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 wait. Look. <laughs> they, have, he, they, they, they weren't playing against any kind of a football team. I understand. Okay. They weren't playing. And, and to play that bad, I mean, the line gets the credit, but I'm telling you, some of the stuff with Kevin, like I said, he hasn't gotten better in this preseason. He's gotten worse. Now, somebody explain that to me. Look, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's, no, it's I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about, well, you know, I'm wondering what's going on with him. That's because I was standing out there at practice. I'm going like, well, you know, and, and the thing about it is, hey, the heat's on you now. You are the guy. Some people, you know how they always could be the number two receiver? When they become the number one receiver, then you're going to, well, what's, what's wrong with them? Some people can't be the number one receiver. He's the Alvin and I'm Harper wondering, of quarterbacks. What's that? <laughs> He's the Alvin Harper of quarterbacks. Hey, you know, uh, but I'm just saying now, hopefully he'll get over this. 
But, you know, the way he uh, played against the Chiefs, he was practicing like that a couple of days after that. So that, I, I, hope, I hope there's a remedy somewhere. Well, what do you think, Jay? What are you watching when you see Cobb out there this preseason? I mean, I I don't even want to I don't even want to pin it on Cobb himself. I mean, I told you before the season started when we were talking. I saw it. It's five hundred, maybe nine and seven. Watching this entire team, Cobb in particular, I'm saying they're lucky if they get six. And that's not me trying to be pessimistic. That's just me trying to call what I see. Uh, I mean, gee, obviously you have a a more um, I guess appropriate opinion on it. You played the game. Uh, at a much higher level, but just from everything I see, it's not even – It's okay, an obvious person can sit there and stare at the offensive line, and obviously the defensive line is getting pressure on every snap. And when you have a young quarterback, that's obviously going to be a uh, an uphill battle for him. But it's every time he drops back, he looks like he's ready to just break that, to just break all containment, break off, and throw off his back foot. He just looks scared. He looks like he, he's not picking up. He's not reading things. And I think we didn't necessarily see that last year against uh, – New Orleans and Kansas City. I don't know why we're seeing it necessarily as much or more now. Obviously, he's spooked from the offensive line. He's yeah, expecting everybody to break down on him. Um, but I just, I just don't see he, – he hasn't been accurate either. I mean, the one thing we say about Kevin Cobb, you know, oh, he's accurate. None of it wasn't accurate. Kevin Cobb's accurate. And he's built for the West Coast. Well, I haven't seen that so far in just what, just what I've noticed. And, again, I mean, it goes to I don't want to pin this all on – Kevin Cobb, I mean, Jeremy Macklin had a game where he just couldn't catch anything coming his way. Um, I mean, like you said, Deshaun's getting banged up. The defense, I'm okay with the defense, to be honest with you. I still have my question marks in the secondary. But in terms of up front, not necessarily pressure, but run-wise, I'm okay with the linebackers. Um, I'm a little more optimistic about the defense, to be honest with you, than I am about the offense. And and that's, for me, a 180 to how I thought it was going to be. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not I'm not too optimistic about the Eagles. I think six wins is now being uh, <laughs> relatively sane in terms of uh, outcome for this year. But what could yeah. compound that problem is a point that G made. Uh, G made this point on the radio I think a week or so ago. Um, this is the, the defense is much improved. I think we all agree on that, and that they they have they can make some plays. They're probably going to get their hands on a lot of football. But G, you made the point, and it, it's a good point. This is not a team that can get down. If this offense struggles and this defense gets down, they are going to get worn out. You could run. You can just picture the Redskins running all over them. I can't. I disagree. I disagree. Oh. Okay. Well, all right. Well, um, in the past, even when what, were what, what, what I'm talking about is uh, I'm not talking about them, you know, and uh, I'm talking about people being able to stay with their running game where they run the ball 40 and 50 times a game because you've got a low-scoring game and the offense isn't scoring. See, that's what I'm talking about, where if they only got face, you know, 30 or less runs, I think they'll find because, you know, they've they got some quickness and they would get off the box and all that. But if teams, if, if their offense is not scoring and teams can say, we are just going to pound the ball and pound the ball and pound the ball, when they get in the second half, the Eagles' lack of size will – show up, and I think they'll get pushed around. But that's all dependent upon how the offense does, meaning uh, the reason Andy always threw the ball and, and, and is really probably seen as more of a thrower than he really is is because he tries to throw to get ahead. Right. So he makes you throw the ball more than you want to. And then he, he's, he's got a better pass defense than he does have a run mm-hmm. defense. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the way the defense, that's the way their team is designed. Now they're especially designed like that right now, and uh, they're it's all predicated on them getting ahead of people. But uh, of course, that's all dependent on moving the ball through the air, uh, making big plays, and all that type of stuff. And you know, of course, a lot of that's dependent on being able to throw the ball. You got to protect your passer. Passers got to. Uh, Got to take advantage of the opportunities when they're there. That's all predicated on that. And, and if they don't do that, then they got to deal with the Giants running game, the Cowboys running game, and the Redskins. And they're all going to try to run the ball 40-plus times against them, knowing that well, we can wear I, these guys down. I agree with that. I agree with that, G. And I think for the most part, anytime that you go up against a uh, squad, and if they are, in fact, running the ball 40, 50 times on you a game, I mean, it's for good reason. Obviously, it's working and especially against an underside defensive line that the Eagles have in the fourth quarter. God forbid they face back. God forbid they have a bruiser, one-two combo. That's when you're going to start getting beat up in the fourth quarter. Um, and that's when you can't get up. So they are running 40, 50 times on you. It's only because it's working. So the Eagles need to, like you say, and it's all predicated on what they can do offensively to keep teams from being able to uh, lock into basically a run-first offense for the entire game. Yeah. Well, and most of the time they get ahead. So, you know, yeah. if they come out, like, you know, like it was looking, what was the first game? The first game they played Jacksonville. See, that's the way the Eagles, you know, they had looked at the tape. They come out, bam, bam, jump on them, jump up ahead, you know. With those uh, field goals. At, what's that? Yeah, with those field goals. Look, we, we, we'll get to that on the other side. we got to take a break. They're telling me we got to take a break. So we'll come right back, and we'll get right back to more Eagles discussion, even though it's not all positive. We'll be right back. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on the Great American Outdoor Trails Radio Magazine with Jim and Trav. Eddie Montgomery of Montgomery Gentry, the Bellamy Brothers, David Morris, host of the Bucks of Tecamati, and Peter Miller, host of Basta Billfish, will be our special guest. And we'll be headed on the trail with a guy that was banned from the San Diego Zoo for disturbing the monkeys. We're talking about those guys from Vanderbilt's, your work boot center, Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're joined up with g cobb in the house featuring gary cobb and co-host michael warren you want to get in on the conversation call in now it's toll free 1-866-472-5787 
1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Coming back with you on G. Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth. Uh, talking a little birds, talking a little eagles. Um, and... and we kind of, I think Jay, you had hinted at it before, but this Eagles team could could be a lot like the Phillies team this year, and and I don't mean that good. But when you looked at the team before the season, you looked at you had all these concerns, and it ends up the one thing you weren't worried about is the problem. You thought the offense mm-hmm. was going to run smoothly. You know, you didn't worry about the Phillies lineup before the year. That was the one thing you didn't worry about. <laughs> Turns out it's been a big time problem. I mean, even just the secondary. I was just thinking about this. This Nate Allen looks like he's all right. Uh, Kurt Coleman is he's a backup, but who knows? Maybe he could play a little bit. I'm not, you know, when you pick up and, and run for touchdowns, when you have two fumble recovers for touchdowns in the first half, I mean that that's good and all. I look at that more as fortuitous. You know, it's good to get around the ball and everything. But mm-hmm. That doesn't tell me, you know, you can play in the NFL for sure. Uh, this Trevard Lindley could be a nice surprise. Like their secondary might have some pleasant surprises in it. When that was one of my biggest concerns. But like I tell you one thing that I liked about last night in Trevor Lindley is just simply the fact that San Antonio Holmes was in the game. I mean, they made mention of it, mention of it too in the broadcast, which I was glad. I mean, because how unfair Lindley, was that? What's that? How unfair was that? No, well, no, I don't think it was unfair. I was glad because if we expect anything out of Trevor Lindley, well, guess what? I don't want to see him going up against third and fourth string wide receivers. Right. I want to see Trevor Lindley going up the ones and twos. I want to see how he could. You know how he can match up with actual players in the NFL, everyday players in the NFL. So I mean, I thought it was a good test for him, something you typically don't get in the uh, in the fourth preseason game. So I was impressed to see um, at least a matchup there. And then one thing that uh, you usually just get a chuckle out of, um, it's I did not like seeing Macho Harris in the fourth quarter. That does not bode well for Macho Harris. Boy, and his position on this team right now, Mike, I know. I've been I've been uh, a bandwagon jumper on Macho Harris. I've tried giving him a ride, but I think this kind of it says enough that he, if he's in the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game, I think it pretty much says enough about uh, what the Eagles think or what he's proven uh, up until this point. So he, he's in trouble, no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, obviously a lot of guys are in trouble. If you saw the roster moves the Eagles made today, I posted them on gcob.com. Um, no, nothing surprising. It was a lot of those guys, you know, Pender and, and the guys that you saw getting burnt by uh, San Antonio in the fourth quarter, just guys that just aren't going to make it. I want to see, and G, uh, you mentioned this on your site as well, what are they going to do with Stacey Andrews? This is an expensive mistake they made. I mean, either he can't play guard, he's not fully recovered, or both. You talking about I mean, my man, Stacy? That's your boy, right? Yeah, my boy. And his, and his well, brother's playing well for the Giants, just in case you're scoring at home. Well, um, you know, the, the thing about um, Stacy is, you know, um, the amazing thing is you figure they were going to get an injury discount on him, right? They're signing him, he's hurt. Eagles don't do that. Eagles don't they do injury discounts. They, they, didn't, they didn't really get an injury discount. They gave him a lot of money. And, you know, I mean, uh, he was hurting last year. I don't know if he's whatever. Is, can, he get, can he get healthier or whatever? Whatever the deal is, he's, he's, he's not getting it done right now. And uh, I don't think they're going to eat that contract, you know. But, but I tell you. For the team, 
they need to really consider it because he's not getting it done, man. What well, are their options, though? I mean, is that pretty much just swallowing it and saying, all right, well, you know what, this year it is what it is, and we're going to let Cobb put him at even more risk. And, I, again, I know what you're saying. He's obviously not producing, but who's, who's behind him that can produce? Who, who's behind him that can protect well, Cobb? Well, you know, you, you got Nick Cole who – is a better guard than he is a center. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. when they were winning, when they were winning last year, Nick Cole was the guard, right, was the right, right. guard. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say you go back to him. But you know, of course, Eagles don't like admitting any mistakes. But correct. You know, do you want the mistake when a guy comes in there, breaks Kevin Cobb's neck, and <laughs> exactly. right That's over, you know, right, right over Stacy, you go, oops, you know. Well, uh, he got paid a lot of money. We thought he'd make that play. What's that? <laughs> he got paid a lot of money. We thought he'd make that play. But, yeah. I mean, you have I mean, three options here. You cut him and you eat some money. You keep You know him. what? Everybody makes mistakes. You know, that, that, they, they, they got, I mean, uh, it looks like they had a good draft, you know. Um, but, hey, then they, they say, hey, we made a mistake with Stacey Andrews. Admit it and move the guy out of here. Come on. Right. I mean, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not as bad unless you keep it around and you won't admit the mistake. Then... You know, he, he makes everybody around him worse. Because the yeah. guys know if he's not doing his job, that's not good for the team. No. You know. You can keep him. I, I don't know what they're going to do about Jason over there, though. You know. I have been complaining about this on this show for how long. I can't stand that he doesn't know the snap count. And it, it's not a talent thing with him. It seems like it's up in his head, and that's what bugs me. He is not an elite left tackle. And, you know, they talk about making a mistake. I mean, you could have a worse left tackle for sure. Is he even paying attention out there? They were talking about they, they might have to go to hand holding, so he knows when the snap goes. Yeah, I mean that's why I was I was thinking about the hand holding thing. The, you know, the thing is, is you know, it's just lack of days ago, man. It's like what? Well, you know, and and uh, and see, this is where all of the BS about the leadership and everything. Where's all the leadership at? You got McNabb out here. Of course, Kevin Cobb's a great leader. Those guys don't respect Kevin Cobb. <laughs> you don't think Kevin Cobb ever does? No. Now Deshaun, if Deshaun is there, see, Deshaun could say something that the guys respect him because they see he's one of the best players in the league. Right. But until you go out there and do something, you can't say anything. And that's why you know some of these knuckleheads here in town tell me, "Oh, Kevin Cobb's got great leadership." I said, "Leadership means, first of all, you can play. You got to prove right. that to your teammates." That I am, I am a serious player, and with the way he's looked in this preseason, he can't say anything to anybody. See? And that's, so, and that's a real right problem. Now you got Jason basically just going through the motions over there, and they really need a serious joke, man. And I, I don't know how they're going to get it. You know, with the fact they got all these days off, they got today off, tomorrow off. They come through on Sunday, they go through a little walk through whatever. Then they're off on Monday and Tuesday. No way I would have given these guys all that time off with the way they played. Come on. And I'll tell you what, one thing that (laughs) the one thing that I'm staring at is they're opening up week one with Green Bay. The one team probably in the NFC that I don't want to be opening up with right now, the way that they've been balling in the preseason, the way their offensive looked. Because if there's anything that could whatever kind of steam they can build up, whatever kind of confidence they can build up from now until uh, now until kickoff could get squashed real quick if they don't have their heads screwed all right uh, by the time Green Bay rolls around. Well, they better get it together. I mean, and, and really, they can lose to Green Bay and 
you know, nobody's going to kill them as long as they they come out respectable. Lose, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Lose or get destroyed. Yeah. The big now, difference is the games after destroyed. that, they cannot lose those or this this town will erupt, man. They were to lose for three Detroit and one. or something. Three and one. <sighs> they better be. That three, yeah, three and one to me, looking at that schedule, there's no reason why they can't. I mean, fine, two, two and two if you want to split hairs. But, but realistically, three and one shouldn't be a far stretch for the way the schedule yeah. starts out for them, right? With yeah, Jacksonville right. and Detroit. Right. Uh, those aren't sure wins. And if you don't win those, you, man. I'm not saying they're sure, but I'm saying they're pretty winnable. Are they not? They're winnable. Well, it depends. You win them. See, the thing is, is, is what exactly is the team we're sending out there? Do we really know? Yeah. See, that's the yeah, thing. No. Is, we don't know who's going out there because if, if if what we got is a team that's struggling against the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, because those teams, those teams are right on the par with Kansas City. Come on, they're the same kind of teams. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no, back. you're exactly right. And and if you remember, Kansas City is one of the two teams. That everyone said Cobb could play. Oh, he had two three hundred yard games. This guy's good. Yeah. I mean, and and I kept saying, I was like, well, it is the Chiefs. I mean, I'm not saying he can't play. I'm not saying that. But let's mitigate our enthusiasm a little bit with the fact that it is the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. So this is essentially the same teams that went out there, and this time it was was bad news. I mean, you look at two thirds of the front of that Chiefs offensive line is Glenn Dorsey and Tyson Jackson, a top five overall pick, a top three overall pick. They are not high on those guys. Everything I've heard is that these guys aren't that good. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big part of your front seven. You know, they don't really like Derek Johnson anymore. He's probably not a 3-4 linebacker. Like you said, they got Andy Studebaker out there. This isn't Ray Lewis over there. Well, I, I mean, and, and they look bad against Cincinnati, who I think is actually a good team. Yeah, yeah. See, Cincinnati's a good team, and they came out, and what did they do? They punched the Eagles right in the mouth. Punched them in the mouth, man. Come on. However, now, wait. Point, now, the defense showed up. They yeah. fought. That's why I'm wondering, man, our offense. Now, as I said, this is going to always come out. And I know I'm going to be saying it, which is, say what you want about McNabb. But you can't ever call say he was a punk. Where, you know, he can't take a hit. He, he gets a hit. He gets hit. and He's taking himself out of the game and all that stuff. I think we can end up seeing something like some of that from Kevin Cobb. Because I saw when he got hit. Man, he's he's bailing out of there. He's he's feeling pressure coming from everywhere. And like I said, if I was a defensive coordinator, I'm I'm going after him. And I know those guys are going to be going after him. So if if those if that line is not ready to block, you know, like I said, it's going to be an interesting year. And, and part of that is what scares me, to be honest with you, G. So much of of what, and I'm looking forward here too. I, I don't want to concentrate on just this year and this offensive line, but he can develop some pretty bad habits. He can get into, he can get himself into even just a mental funk. If, mm-hmm. if this ball, offensive line, every time he, that ball gets snapped, he's got to worry about guy crawling up his back, blindside pressure right at the middle, whatever it may That's be. Right. He can develop some bad habits long term. Look right. Look what David Carr became. You can't tell me that had nothing to do with getting smashed. Patrick Ramsey just got cut. Uh, he was a first-round pick. You can't yeah. tell me that it has nothing to do with the fact that Steve Spurrier put no protection in his offense whatsoever, and Ramsey was getting crushed in every direction. Yeah, I find I find that very difficult to believe. And Jay, you're right. You develop bad habits, or you get you get shell shocked. You get you get gun shy. You're afraid to even go out there. I mean, we saw what pressure did even to Tony Romo against the uh, the Vikings last year in the playoffs. It wasn't right. the third quarter before he was bailing on every play. He wasn't going to stick mm-hmm. around and wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and that's why, you know, 
That's why I do give a guy, I give Donovan credit, I give Tony, Tom Brady credit because, see, when you get you start getting pounded, you can give in mentally and just turn the ball over. Just, just throw it up for grabs and, you know, because you, you get the crap knocked out of you. But if you hang on to the ball and you got a good defense, you can still might be able to win the game. And, see, that's why Brady has separated himself from the other quarterbacks because he will take a pounding like he did in that Super Bowl he wouldn't turn the ball over to the Giants if nobody was beating the crap out of him. And here the game came down to the last seconds, and they had a chance to win the game. And the reason is because Brady is tougher-minded than Peyton Manning, than Brett Favre and those guys, because he won't throw the game away, even if he's getting the crap beat out of him. And normally quarterbacks, will they, they'll roll over if they're getting the crap beat out of him. And I've seen some of that Kevin where he just starts throwing it up. Man, he's getting hit, you know. <laughs> And he starts throwing up some of them, I don't care balls, you know. We're going like, well, why did you throw that? You know, it's basically, you know, hey. Uh, and and, and, it's, and it's, it's tough because uh, a lot of people don't realize the pounding a quarterback takes after he throws the ball. It, it, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a sack. Going like, well, he wasn't sacked. Well, how many times was he hit? Yeah, that's why they keep track of mm-hmm. that. And we'll get back to this on the other side, too. we got to take a quick break, but uh, we'll get back on the other side on G-Cop in the house for talking to the Eagles. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports. 
Schneider joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to garycobb at aol.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Are we talking football here on G Cobb in the house? I'm Michael Warren along with G Cobb and Jason Ashworth. And uh, not not the greatest thing we're thinking of these Philadelphia Eagles, but one thing I do want to talk about because if you look around the division, I don't think anybody's real proud of the way they played. And I'm curious if you guys have kind of changed your opinion of the division from the start of the preseason. Uh, I know it's preseason and it's tough, but how do you get around the fact that the Cowboys are getting pushed around and look almost as if not as bad as the Eagles do on offense. They've been terrible. Uh, Arian Foster ran all over them. I, again, I know it's preseason, but you'd rather play well than poorly. Uh, the Giants aren't – Giants aren't. I'm not loving them right now. C- certain Redskins players have already come out defending Donovan's poor start, and he hasn't even started yet. They're saying he's got a lot to learn and that, you know, don't expect him to come out hot right away. I mean, that, that's not good. I mean, do you guys – have you adjusted I mean, anything based on what you've seen? I, I'll come right out and say that I kind of disagree with what you were saying about New York. To me right now, I, I don't think much has changed between who's going to finish third and fourth. I think it's still just going to be a battle between the birds and the skins. Uh, but in terms, I, I think the gap that everybody thought that was between the Cowboys and the Giants is not it, it is not what, what was intended to be. I mean, obviously, Dallas has <laughs> Dallas has issues. Sure, sure, they can put up points. They have a high-powered offense. But much like the Eagles, you better get your offensive line fixed. You better fix, yeah. You better shore up some spots there. And, I, and I think with the Giants, they have a young receiving core. I hate Eli Manning, but he's a steady, solid quarterback. And that means that they're making some changes in their running game. Um, and they have a solid defense. I think they're seriously going to challenge the Cowboys for top spot in the East. I, I yeah, you know, I, I, I would probably agree with that, you know, um, because – if they can just play decently, you know, I, I don't think that – I think the winner of this division is going to win 10 games. I don't think that any of those guys – I don't think they're going to be anybody winning 12, 11, uh, 13 games, all that. I don't, I don't think – I think it's going to be a 10-win team. And um, it's going to be, you know, hard-fought stuff because, you know, some of the teams are banged up. And the lines and the offenses are um, – struggling a bit, and uh, I, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, tough, tougher and closer than people think. So I, I do see, I could see the Giants and, and, and the Cowboys there very close. Uh, and, you know, it, it's really hard to see how, what's up the road because who gets healthy, who doesn't get healthy is going to play a lot into it. But, you know, I, I think the Giants and the Cowboys, I, I do see them uh, being right there very close. Uh, and right the Giants a little bit. Are they a better team with Bradshaw in the lead now? Uh, well, they're uh, they're more explosive, and I think that because they've got uh, a better receiving core, their their pass offense is going to be better. That it really stresses you more because you got a big play guy back there rather than a pounder. It, it really puts a lot of pressure on your on your on your linebackers and everybody. They got to tackle well because they're going to be doing open field tackling because. They're thinking pass, and all of a sudden it's a draw or whatever. Bradshaw's out there in open field, and, you know, he can do more in open field than uh, than Jacobs. Sure. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I could see them probably 
going some to Jacobs once Bradshaw has pounded them some and, and got people kind of tired. And then you come with a big boy out there just just running straight ahead, just trying to hang on to, to the lead, see? Yeah, a la against the Eagles in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's, that, that's that back that'll just, I mean, once you can wear it out of the defensive line, a guy like Brandon Jacobs in the fourth quarter is going to be hard to stop. It's right. great that's exactly to it. watch. I mean, to where it's, you know, three downs and a first down, and you're just watching the clock tick, and you're watching everybody get tired. It'll kill you. But Brennan Jacobs, what's happened to him? He's kind of a turd. He's just got a bad attitude. He's complaining, oh, nobody's saying anything to me. Uh, they just do what they want around here. Yeah, that's because you're the player, Brandon. You lost your starting job, and supposedly Coughlin talked to him either today or yesterday, and it's more of a committee thing. Uh, I think it might have a little more to do with just Ahmad Bradshaw as the first back on the field. You know, they call that the starter. It doesn't necessarily mean he's getting the bulk of the reps. But Jacobs just hasn't, even last year, he hasn't run right. And I wonder to what degree it's that offensive line. And, oh, wait, that was probably the best line in football. They've had some injuries, shuffled some people around last year, wasn't the same. You know, Derek Ward just got cut. Is he all of a sudden that much worse, or was he the beneficiary of that offensive line? You know, Brandon Jacobs' numbers go down. Is he all just in the Yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, they're not, not going to be able to pound it on people as much. And, and, and more of the weight's going to be on Eli Manning, uh, but he's got a better crew of receivers to throw it to. And um, he, he's going to have to take that weight and, um, and be able to help them, you know, put points on the board without having that running game all the time, which is going to be a change, you know. Yeah, and that is a, that's a big-time concern for the Giants. Um, and you look at Washington – you want to talk about a load put on Donovan's shoulders? I feel I honestly feel bad for Donovan down there. I don't think it's going to go well. Who, who is he throwing the ball to? I mean, your buddy there, the USC guy, Fred Davis, has uh, he emerged a little bit late last year? Chris Cooley's back. What's he got on the outside? An aging Santana Moss. Devin Thomas is buried on the depth chart behind guys like Roydell Williams. I mean, yeah. I don't think, to be honest with you, and again, I'm not saying. I'm not trying to blow anything out of proportion here, but I think Donovan's going to be fine. I don't think he's – I mean, I'm not saying Donovan's going to throw for 4,300 yards or anything like that. Let's be real here. But they're going to be able to run the ball uh, at least more than he did here in Philadelphia, and, and that will take some of the pressure off of him. And he still does at least have a guy that can stretch, stretch the field in, uh, in Moss. And you know what? Don't, don't forget about uh, Thomas, Devin Thomas. He's terrible. Uh, what's that? He's terrible. He said, okay, fair enough. So remember you said that. I'm just saying don't forget about I'll, I'll him. I'll go on record, but that's fine. I'll own up to it. Okay, own up to it. Because I'm just saying I think Devin Thomas is one of those guys, and this is just me in my opinion. I, I think Devin Thomas is going to be one of those guys that you say he's terrible now, but come the end of the season say, you know what, okay, that guy's not bad. And I think a lot of that's going to have to do with, with Donovan and Donovan needing a, a big uh, physical receiver. Uh, and I think he's going to get that in Thomas. So uh, my point being, if he was any good, don't write off. Yes, okay. I mean, I don't know how I can prove that. I mean, I'm not Devin Thomas, and I'm not playing. Yes, I think he's a good wide receiver. I don't think he's an elite wide receiver, but I think he's a serviceable target for Donovan McNabb in terms of possessions and his physical nature. Uh, he's got a guy who can stretch it, like I said, in Santana, and he's got, like you said, Fred Davis, uh, an athletic tight end, and he runs the ball. So they have the keys, at least, for him to be successful. I'm not saying they're going to challenge for the division or anything, but he's going to be better than I think people are giving him credit yeah, for. Yeah, now, what, what about, uh, what about their, their real tight end? Cooley, Chris back, Cooley. Yeah. Chris Cooley. I, I, I yeah. think Fred Davis is going to take more than, uh, than Chris Cooley is. I Red think Jones, the, he's the, the thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if you see two tight ends. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and and do that because a guy like Cooley, 
you know, uh, a lot of his gift is not doesn't have anything to do with his speed and everything. He's got a feel for the game. He knows oh, how sure. to find the opening. And so a guy like that, I definitely think he's a lot like, you know, well, he's faster than Chad Lewis. But he's got the same feel. He's got the same feel. So I know the way Donovan is. If he's confident a guy's going to get open, that's who he's, that's who he's going to. Mm-hmm. Oh, he has to. I'm he won't get the ball. He stay healthy. I just, I mean, I don't know yeah, how, yeah, yeah, how that's that true. Yeah, how, how, how healthy can he stay? Yeah. Exactly. That, that, so, I mean, that's, that's why I'm using Brett Davis. But I can see them throwing the ball to him. Uh, but, uh, but you know, the big thing about them is uh, they're going to play good defense. And uh, most of the time, Donovan has, has knows how to win in those close games where he's going to stay away from the turnovers. Right. Uh, take advantage, score two, three, four times. And uh, let them give, don't give the, put the defense in a bad situation. And that's why the Eagles won year in and year out. They, you know, who was he throwing to here? It was, you know, and they weren't putting up these huge numbers. But no. they, they, they knew how. We're not going to help you guys score. We're going to take what you give us. And I think he's pretty good at doing that. Well, but I will say this, and to counter that argument, I agree with you. What did he have here? But I will say he had a very, very stable offensive line, and he had his legs. He doesn't have either of those things now in Washington. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the truth. But uh, I think that, um, you know, uh, a lot of what he knows is not so much running. It's just buying some time. It's being able to move somewhat. And, you know, if he goes in and he's, that, that ankle's got him hampered where he can't even move, you know, that's a different story. But right. uh, and it's not, uh, it's not where he's outrunning people, but just using his athletic ability to uh, avoid, you know, guys and buy a little time and, boom, he gets rid of the ball and keeps – the clock going, and I, I mean, you know, and that sort of thing. So we'll, we'll see. see. But, I, you know, I don't think they're going to win the division or anything. I mean, if they win. No, not at all. Not at all. Donovan, I, I think that's an accomplishment. Yeah, to your credit, Donovan's not the guy, whether he has legs or not, he's not the type that's going to go down on, on pressure or down on initial contact. I mean, yeah. Donovan, like you said, G, he uses his legs to, to shed tacklers. And uh, unless you have a straight-on shot at Donovan McNabb, odds are he's not going, he's not going down with an arm tackle. And so what yeah. he'll do is he'll just buy that time if that offensive line isn't giving him the time he needs. You know, just yeah. shed, move the pocket, do what he has to do, and deliver the football. But they, they will, they will. Uh, it won't be as as hard, really, in certain ways because they will. They, you know, they're going to be committed to the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, and especially with the defense playing well, if their defense is playing well, like they're capable, then you got a close game. You know, and we'll, you know, we'll see how they make it. But like I said, I, I don't see them winning nine games. I see them winning eight. They win nine. I mean, come on, that's a miracle. They come on, that team won four games last year. Hey, so, if they win eight or nine games, I, I, it's scary to think what the Eagles are going to do. I mean, because I don't see the Eagles going above eight or nine. So if Washington wins eight or nine games, and I'm thinking that puts the Eagles around six, six or seven top. I mean, the Eagles, the Eagles very would very well could be staring up from the bottom of the division at the end of the year. But we got to take a break. We got one last segment. We'll come right back here and wrap up our Eagles discussion here on G Cobb in the house. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Form or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, guys. Getting ready for Labor Day weekend, the big holiday weekend. Here on G Cobb in the house, I'm Michael Warren along with G Cobb and Jason Ashworth. And uh, we've discussed a lot of football, and truthfully, I could probably do five or six hours straight of football. Uh, but we, we do have to mention these fighting fills here. Um, they seem to be well lately. had a huge game last night. Uh, I know, G, when I was talking to you, I looked over at the game. It was 7-3. to three. I started getting all, you know, upset. It couldn't have been 10 minutes later. It was 12-7. I mean... That was out of hand. I mean, right now they got a one nothing lead. Uh, Braves are down two to one. They got a two games. They're two uh, two games back in the division right now. 
Um, yeah, two games. They're making a move, though. If if this team fails to make the playoffs, it is a huge travesty because this team is built for playoff baseball. Nobody wants to face that one, two, three. Is the bullpen a little shaky? Yes. Even Durbin got into the action the other night, uh, last night. Now, I, I'm a Durbin fan. Uh, Lidge has actually been all right. I mean, of all our concerns, I'm, I'm still not like, whew, Lidge is coming in. <laughs> but, I mean, he's actually been able to get the job done for the most part. Utley might be starting to hit. He's had eight RBIs in his last two games. Um, is this team going to catch Atlanta? Can Atlanta stumble just a little bit? Yeah, I think it's inevitable. I, I think that, you know, um, I don't think Atlanta's as good as as the Phil. So I think ultimately that'll play out over you know extended period of time. So I think that you know they're putting the pressure on them. Uh, I give it to Atlanta that they've hung in there this long, but I don't see them being able to hold them off for the entire year. So I agree, but I've been saying that since June. I'll look at it two ways. My first way is this. I looked at this seven-game stretch that they had, that seven-game roadie, as kind of the the telltale. How the Phils come out of that seven games is going to go a long way to determine what happens uh, at the end of the year. Um, I mean, because they had, I mean, let's be real here. They had a, a pretty solid opportunity to give up three, uh, two or three games to the Braves in the standings, and they didn't. They're going six and one on that road trip and sweeping the pods in the process. Um, I mean, now we're sitting pretty. Only two games back in the NL East, pretty much. And we had, they had the Brewers uh, in a three game set, but the Braves have to face off against the Cardinals still. Um, so I think the, yeah, I'm going to go with you. I find it hard to believe that the Braves are still on the top of that division seems like every time the Phils win, the Braves win. Every time the Phils lose, the Braves lose. Yeah. Um, so they haven't it made really up any ground, but yeah, September's here now, big boy. And you don't, you, I don't know. I don't know if the Braves can hang with the Phils once September rolls around. I, I, I keep, I keep saying that. I, I agree with G. I hate to be optimistic because I'm usually not, but it just seems like it's inevitable. This team is too stacked, and you got Chase starting to feel more comfortable. Uh, Howard hopefully starts to feel more comfortable. And don't forget, the wild card race has turned into a two-team race. St. Louis mm-hmm. has fallen off. They're five and a half games out. The Phillies have a two-game lead on the Giants. Uh, yeah, and after St. Louis is going to make a surge. I, I don't want to rule St. Louis out. Hopefully they surge when they're playing the Braves. But St. Louis is going to – they're going to make things interesting. I think they have too good of a uh, too good of a roster not to. Well, those top two pitchers are something else. But they've lost five mm-hmm. in a row. They've lost more than that. The last 18 uh, games, they were uh, – what are they the last 18 games? Some I always say they're like five and thirteen. Well, they're two and eight over their last MLB.com. Yeah, you need to check that out. They're, they're, they ever since they swept the Reds, when Brandon Phillips ran his mouth and said we're gonna we're gonna beat him, we're gonna sweep him. Ever since they swept the Reds in that series, they've gone five and thirteen. On the other hand, the flip side, the Reds have started balling. I think they're like fourteen and four since then, and now they're now they're a handful of games up on the. Uh, up on the Cardinals in the in the Central, so that that series, right after that series, everything switched. So, but I expect the Cardinals to make at least life interesting in the wild card race. And the, they brought this Aroldis Chapman up. Have you seen this kid? Gee, have you seen this kid pitch yet, Aroldis Chapman? Uh, I just saw some highlights of him. You know, uh, I know he throws the heater and everything. And, you know, uh, that that's fine and everything. But you know, uh, knowing how to pitch is is more important than just throwing a heater. So uh, he's got tremendous potential. I'll grade him that, uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how he does. We'll, you know, give him a little time. 
but he's, he's got some stuff. I can see him. Uh, I saw him breaking off that uh, curveball, too. He's got a good curveball. He's got a four-mile-an-hour slider. He was hitting 104 on the gun the other night. But you're right. When you watch, you, you, you read about him, and you get this thing in your head about what this kid can do, and then you see him. He's got no control. He's like Jose Contreras and throws 10 miles an hour faster. As a hitter, question for you, Micah. Okay. And I guess G too. I don't know. I don't know to what level. I guess you played baseball or whatnot. But have you ever have you ever stepped in on a 90 mile per hour fastball, let alone a 99, 100 mile per hour fastball? G has. I haven't. Okay. Yeah. I I couldn't hit. I couldn't hit the 90 mile per hour fastball. So I guess my question is, of the major leaguers, how many of those are hitting the 99, 100-mile-per-hour fastballs? Well, you know, if, so to go to 104, if, if, if they know it really coming, isn't that big of a deal. If they know it's coming, there are, there, are, there are quite a few of them that can hit it. If they know it's coming, meaning like if that guy's able to sit there and just sit on that fastball, then, you know, major leaguers, uh, most of them can hit that ball. I mean, they can – you've okay, got to so be able – that's why – I mean, Look at some guys that have had, you know, too hard, and that doesn't mean that they were good pitchers because they don't have any other options. True, true. Kyle Farnsworth. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't mean to sit here and say that he's a good pitcher because he's throwing 104. I'm just sitting here trying to downplay what everybody's saying. You know, when they when they show that the radar gun clock on 104, 105, to me, just to me personally, I look at that and I say. Okay, well, in all reality, it's not that it's not different than somebody clocking 100 or 99 because in the course of the game, too, though, Jay. And like you said, unless you know it's coming, you're not hitting it whether it's 99, 100, or 104. Either way, you're not hitting it, it unless well, you sit there and you're sitting yeah, see, on it. See, the big thing though, if he can't get the other pitch over, they're sitting Agreed. on his fastball. You know, well, that completely. You know, like, right, he's he's got to prove he's got to prove he can get his other pitches over, or we're sitting there on this fastball, and that's where. You know, uh, a lot of pitchers with talent who are able to throw hard never became stars because they weren't able to master those other pitches where they say, well, look, we can throw our slider, our deuce, our changeup. We can throw it any time of the count, and we will throw it any time of the count and get it over. So, you know, you, you, you leave the guy, he can't sit on the fastball. So, so that's, that, you know. To your point, it's exactly why whenever you throw 2-2, you better be able to throw 3-2. That's right. You know, if you're comfortable throwing a pitch at 2-2, you better, you better chuck that with a full counter. Else, like you say, I mean, they're, they're going to sit on your bread and butter. That's right. And that's so why in comparison to Strasburg are completely unwarranted. Strasburg can pitch. He's not just a heater. The kid can pitch. And so far from Chapman, I mean, it, it's fun to watch him. It's almost like watching Michael Vick throw. Yeah, he throws it real hard, but can he play quarterback? And that's why, you know, um, uh, you know, they, they brought the kid up. You know, it makes you wonder, you know, should the kid be up? You know, he's learning how to pitch. He's both so, uh, up. I mean, I mean, they had him on a pitch count, pretty nice pitch count, but I agree with you, G. I don't think he's ready to come up. He's, I mean, he still had so much to learn. He was so young, and I think they kind of fell into the hype of – I mean, now, in all reality, the kid was blowing away the minor leagues. He really yeah. was. I mean, he didn't – he wasn't fit for it in terms of talent-wise. But in terms of learning the game and learning how to pitch and acclimating your body to that many innings, I don't think they were. I don't think he was ready to be brought up. And now the whole question Not around him is: Can this kid get through a season? That's a big. That's a big blow to uh, the three national fans that are out there. Now you know the thing that um, I could see where where they brought uh, where the Reds brought this kid up was uh, because he wasn't being challenged down there. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they figure he's going to have a challenge up there, and uh, we need to be able to talk to him so he'll listen to us. And if he's, he's, if he's going through some challenges, he'll listen. If he's blowing guys away, then, you know, it's harder to get through to a young player sometimes. So maybe that's so saying uh, you, they, they were thinking. And, and, you know, and you know also that people can say whatever they want. When they say it, it's not about the money. You know, you know, you're going to, you're going to get a little spark, and I don't know what they were drawing out there in Cincinnati. You know, I know that you know they're they're leading the division and everything, but you know, they probably they probably wouldn't mind a little spark. Yeah, he's so bullpen help. We'll see what happens. He's got September, and then maybe the playoffs. You know, he's bullpen help. Worst comes to worst, you don't bring out yeah. the bullpen. But we got We got to run. So I want to wish you guys a happy Labor Day weekend. Everybody out there, happy Labor Day weekend. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Later. And, uh, look. This is G-Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll see you next week, everybody. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G-Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.